Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's go. What's up, everybody? And happy Easter. Happy we're Easter. recording on Easter Day. We are we're hyped to be here for Yellow Jackets episode three, Digest Steve. If you're listening on Bingetown TV, welcome back. If you're new to Bingetown TV, go check out our other stuff. But if you're listening on Buzztown TV, which is our new Yellow Jackets feed, Go check out Bingetown TV, bingetowntv.com. We got a new website. It's going to spell out all of our shows that we've covered, all 350 some episodes of shows, sci fi or not, whatever we want. We've been covering it for a couple of years. We're almost at our three year anniversary. Go Bingetown. Um, so, yeah, hit subscribe on both. We're covering Succession right now and we're covering The Mandalorian as well. Uh, but this this is Yellow Jackets and it's Easter and we're and, you know, we're ready to rock. No, Jackie, this, I was going to make a he has risen um, <laughs> joke, but uh, no, Jackie, this episode. But we're going to start this episode in 2020. I guess we could say it's 2021 still in current day. Mm-hmm. Usually we start with 1996, but we're going to rock through 2021 like we have like we did last episode. But before we get there, boys, what did you think? First impressions. Let's go. I'll start this one off. Um, I want to also put a correction out there for what I said last week about IMDb ratings, because I always love to look at how episodes are rated. Um, So last week, B-Toms, I don't know if you got a chance to listen. I was saying that it was, I think, tied for the highest. It actually is the highest rated episode was last week um, across both seasons. And kind of makes sense. It it was the, the moment we were all really waiting for. This episode's a little bit of a come down, but it's still, in terms of ratings above average 7.6 so it's like you know it's it's up there it's still a good episode but it was hard to follow up the snacky episode but with that being said i thought um old shauna did a great great job in 2021 coach ben getting highlighted in grim ways because this is (laughs) this is not working out for our boy i'm a little upset yeah that's 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 gonna be fun to talk about um and then also the thing that really stuck out to me was this the first time that we saw 2021 modern day Lottie be vulnerable in any way and not be in control. And also some visions are happening that we're seeing simultaneously in 1996 and 2021. And that's just going to be a huge theme, I think, going forward for the rest of the season. But overall, you know, it was hard to follow last episode. Still great. I don't think there's been a single bad episode the whole series. And this episode sticks with that pattern. 
Yeah, let me uh, let me jump in here. I feel like I've been away from this uh, Yellow Jackets coverage for way too long. Uh, I did get a chance to listen to the last episode without me. First off, shout out Kyle. I thought he brought a, as he tends to do, an encyclopedia-esque knowledge to the table about the Roman background. Yeah. Uh, so shout out Kyle. He did a great job filling in for me. And Luke, you texted me outside of the podcast, said pay attention to Dave's theory about the Nat was right note. Dave was like, oh, punctuation matters. Maybe it was Nat was, I'm sorry. Tell Nat she was right. Yes, tell Nat she was right. Dave said it was indicating Lottie was potentially right. Uh, While I disagree with you, I think Travis was saying, no, Nat, trust your gut about Lottie. I think Lottie's whole backstory cover up about Travis is very suspect. However, the one thing I did want to point out is adult Nat previously told us, oh, Travis never believed in that hocus pocus bullshit however as we're seeing in the 90s travis is very much buying into what lottie's selling so i think nat wasn't completely being truthful about travis being susceptible to believing in that kind of stuff but now we're on a new episode here. I thought it was definitely a come down. Uh, the name of the episode is called Digest Teeth, I think, which is like kind of the shot you take after the main course. So you're going to chase a nice pasta Italian dinner <laughs> with a shot of limoncello. What are you going to, you know, what's the shot you're going to take after eating Jackie, uh, mm-hmm. essentially, is the joke there. And it is much lighter in tone, except for the coach stuff, which I completely agree. I think they're fleshing him out because they're giving him a little bit of a swan song here. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think it was a very good episode all in all. So, Dave, what are your thoughts? Wait, wait, wait. They're fleshing Ooh. him out. Oh, they're fleshing him out. <laughs> <laughs> they yeah, will be soon. You. They will be soon. But. It, it was a slower episode, if you want to even call it slow, but still a lot of great content. B-Times, I'll quickly agree and disagree with you. I think at the end of last episode, I was kind of you know vibing with my theory, but I completely agree with you that it could also be about Nat being right. Um, but I think this episode at the very end with all of Lottie's stuff kind of shows us that Lottie is also a victim of the situation. So I don't think with this knowledge of this episode, I'm still going to stick to my my thoughts of the note meaning Lottie. But... We have no idea. Still a very solid episode. The show just does something to me, man. It just does something. (laughs) I love that. Oh, I was just going to say this really is the first time we've seen Lottie in a while painted as kind of a heroine rather than like the darkness is starting to overtake these girls. So I'm not sure if that's a misdirect or if they're going to paint Lottie as more of a hero going forward. Well, Lottie seeing the blood in the beehive, and we can we can start with that storyline if we want, uh, old Lottie and Nat, but she was seeing Laura Lee last episode as well. So, I mean, and, and we've talked about whether or not she was a unreliable narrator in that scene or not, but like, I took it as, she didn't tell Nat that part, so we're seeing a little inside scoop uh, into Lottie's brain of what she saw. So I really think I think she's been vulnerable a few times already. And I don't I don't know. Again, we we keep doing these things like Dave keeps like bringing out these like juicy little morsels and we can't quite flesh them out because we don't know anything yet. But I'm just excited. Like as we go on, there's a, a bunch of things I wrote within my notes. I can't think of them off the top of my head where I'm like. Really gets my brain going. It really gets you going. <laughs> All of these adult storylines are siloed and really quick. I feel mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. So we can just kind of talk about them as a whole because we can talk them really quickly. So 
when we open with Nat and Lottie, Nat's kind of spying on some therapy that older Lottie is holding. Um, she bumps into Lisa outside of Charlotte's quarters, and she just mentions that they're locked, chops a friggin' chicken head off, whatever, whatever, you know. Um, but then Lottie gets takes Nat to the beehive and tells this whole story about like the queen specifically, which is a lot of good stuff where she's saying like, um, in the winter, they cling to the queen to keep her warm. And when a new queen hatches, she stings all the other unborn queens to death. And I was just thinking like, and Nat says it for all of us, like, I can see why you like that. You know what I mean? And I feel like it's just like a metaphor for whatever happened on the wilderness for the other, like, you know, 16 months we haven't seen or 15, 14 months we haven't seen. Um, and I can only assume that Lottie becomes the queen. I know we've been tossing up is Shauna the antler queen. Who's to say, I still think it's Lottie. So what do you guys think about the queen, the B story or really anything in the Nat Lottie storyline? It's just weird because I think last episode I had mentioned, we saw the, the quick moment of like the dark side of Lottie. But we're not really seeing that anymore. This episode was really her just being very peaceful, just trying to be the middleman for everybody, the leader, um, and everyone seems to be buying into it. The obvious thing that I want to talk about is just what could possibly be in Lottie's house or whatever it is, her little cabin, because yeah. they, she does have it locked. Could there be like a bunch of dead bodies in there that they're all feasting on still? Who knows? Uh, I just the obvious point right there is that I wanted to bring up is that the door is locked. Obviously I think whatever's inside of lobby Lottie's cabin is going to be a big part going forward. Agreed with that. Uh, did you say we saw the antlers hanging on the cabin too? I didn't say that, but yeah, there is definitely. Yeah. Um, I don't know. This episode just felt like they were trying really hard to show us that adult Lottie has a softer side. It almost makes us second guess like all of her more questionable tactics that she's done. I'm not she just very easily brushes over the fact that she had been spying on and kidnapped Natalie. She's like, you're welcome, by the way, for saving your life, which, OK, I will admit she totally did save yeah. Nat's life there. But at the same time, it's like she was spying on Nat. I think I think there's grander designs at play for Lottie, and I think it's an act still. I, I do not trust Lottie at this point in time. Agreed. I don't think you're supposed to trust Lottie, which is fine. Like she is, she's my hero. So I don't fucking care. Like we're saying <laughs> that, like she's being painted as a hero. Like I love Lottie. I think she's such a plot mover. But yeah, whatever she's got, the skeletons in her closet that are that's locked in, that's going to be a huge catalyst to because it seems like Nat's sort of bridging with Lottie slowly through these therapy sessions and then whatever's going on in the cabin is going to completely break it and then put her back on the right path as misty and frodo are trying to find them at the same time so like that's all going to kind of play in together i think where mm -hmm. like when the re when the revelations happen for nat i think is going to be around the time where misty shows up and then they all kind of squat up and it's them versus lottie again which is kind of seems to be where that we're building towards here but yeah a lot of good symbolism i love when we get literal yellow jackets in the show so that's always good mm. plus um, but one thing I wanted to really talk about, because I don't know, I don't even have a guess about like where it's going is when she was having the vision, did she not like hear the cult member talk French again? Like she did when, yep. when the whole exorcism thing was happening. Yeah. So it was, I'm not going to pretend to try and pronounce this, but it's, he wants blood in French is what the, what the yeah. pronunciation comes to. He wants blood. And wasn't that similar to what she was saying when she was taken over? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. Oh, baby, what is happening, man? I yep. love Lottie. <laughs> <laughs> I know. And I think um, 
It might just be because this is old Lottie's first season and we lived with last season's characters for so long. But I keep having to remind myself that old Lottie is young Lottie. And I really, really enjoy young Lottie. I love young Lottie. I think that she's genuinely like there's something happening and both sides it's going to get really fucked up in the wilderness but i love young lottie and i keep having to remind myself it's like oh that girl grows up to be this woman and again probably like the um electroshock therapy all that Mm -hmm. stuff that happens in the middle whatever but i have to remind myself unlike the other girls because we already knew that it was established last season so i just have to keep reminding myself but it doesn't mean i don't love old lottie as well luke i think she's great but it's but to me still i think in my brain they're a little segmented as characters and i need to keep reminding myself to put them together so they're doing these connections to kind of help remind us right yeah yeah i guess what did you guys think of that actual therapy session that we got to see her like running her own thing she kind of like presented lisa to natalie and was just like okay look at that anger now here's a fork do you want to act on it like i feel like she is trying to help these people but i'm not sure if she's like just trying to get to a point where she can wield more influence over them i don't know like what do you think would have happened this i'm going to answer your question with a question like what do you think would have happened if she did attack nat do you think lottie would have tried to stop her or do you think she that would have just been part of the plan or would nat have, would nat have, would have kicked her, her ass yeah. yeah oh my gosh yeah. nat would have killed her lottie would have been like fuck around find out <laughs> god yeah yeah well she's definitely not lottie's kid we're done yeah with that. you guys did establish yeah. that last episode as i was watching the episode i was like yeah that's yeah yeah that's it was just work. a fun episode one theory I really don't see a way that she plays an important role in this in this story as like a character we should know. It's just going to be she's the most intimate we'll get with a cult member just was, to get that insight. Yeah. That's pretty much yeah. all I'm taking from this. She might have nothing to do. Like she could also just be like a quick little death when Misty shows up and they all escape, you know, like something to, to raise the stakes a little bit. I don't really know how Lisa can play into this more because it seems like we're already resolved with her whole issue with Nat resolved. I'll put in quotations because who knows, but. I'm totally with you. She just seems like the embodiment of what the cult has mm-hmm. to bring. And just we get a just a specific perspective with Lisa. But I don't I don't think she's going to have too much more screen time. Yeah, I'm good with that storyline. I don't really have anything else. It wasn't too many scenes. I was just going to say that's interesting. Like I wanted her to be something bigger, but I guess she really could have just been like they they have to highlight one of these people. Mm-hmm. So I guess that was her. Damn. I wanted her to be something bigger. I wanted her to be this, Sean as Unborn Baby. I wanted this, her to be Travis. And yeah, it's just, you know. the show has the potential to like, as we've seen in the past, can bring twists that are hard hitting. So I, I don't want to completely yeah. throw it off the table, but from where the perspective is now at the relationship between her and Nat, it just seems like things might cool down now a little bit yeah. with her character. You want to Misty, Brian? I was saying adult Misty and Elijah Wood. Oh, my goodness. Picking up with this uh, storyline. I guess it was last episode. She read the note. So it sets us up very nicely for this F- mock FBI interrogation. She meets face to face with Elijah Wood. His character's name is Walter. At the docks, he doesn't give her any warning that his guest witness is Randy fucking Marsh, (laughs) (laughs) of course. And she's like, it's Randy. My cover is going to be blown. So it sets us up for this very humorous storyline throughout this episode with her feeding questions to Walter as he's interrogating Randy mano a mano. It was a good introduction to the character of Walter, I would say. I'm just pissed that you glossed over how great the introduction was to Misty 
walking out of the car, music playing, pushes up the glasses, looking so fucking sexy <laughs> and ready to kick some ass as an F- a fake FBI agent. I was so I I got chills from it. I love seeing her just be a badass. It's the best thing ever. I was just I I simp over her so hard. Yeah, Randy's high pitched voice is so but he's like i don't know where you want like the mm-hmm. way his voice was so high me and alex were dying laughing it was excellent paired with the banter between walter and missy who by the way what this duo is going to be fan fucking tastic this oh, season yeah. oh my it's God. really hard to introduce someone that's misty caliber to go up against christina ritchie she is amazing and this guy i mean i mean we all know Elijah Wood is a 10 out of 10. I mean, he's Frodo, but whew, I'm so happy because that could have easily been a flop. They they knew they had to bring in a big gun to play this role. This is going to be such a fun storyline, especially when it starts clashing with some of the other yellow jackets. It's going to be really fun. But there were so many laugh out loud moments. Like when she's on the phone and she's like on the, the speaker talking to him, giving him directions, like hit him, hit him. And she's just like, what do you mean? And then she goes back in and then he comes out, slaps him like three times. So good. And, and then she gets hyped that he's like getting more aggressive with the weapon and stuff. All that was so freaking good. But I absolutely adore the way that Yellow Jackets keeps bringing Randy in and making him relevant. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh my God, I thought he was going to be a nothing character that was just the kegger that was supposed to hook up with Shauna back in the 1996 sto- storyline. Then they bring him in so many different times throughout 2021. It's amazing, but I'm really upset with us that we didn't call that it could have possibly Me been too. him because 100%. that was obvious. He's We knew that from season one that he was someone that was always in the same complex that Nat was. That was an easy miss that we, that we should have thought about a little bit more, but I'm mad at us. I am. Yeah, yeah, totally mad at us a little bit about that. I was for sure that they were accidentally going to get it out of Randy about the blackmail from Jeff. I th- soon as they brought him in, I was like, he starts getting questioned. He's going to break. Mm-hmm. And Misty wasn't even listening because they said, perhaps you're covering for a friend. And he was like, Jeff, you mean? And, and Misty's like, no, not Jeff. Natalie. It's like, you need to, Misty needed to use her instincts and be like, wait, Jeff, what are you covering for Jeff for? What you yeah. got? But I'm glad it didn't because oh, I know I, I'm glad he didn't. But I don't um, want it to come back. though. I don't want Misty. To I know. Get that information. It has to, I think, unfortunately. This scene played out exactly how I wanted it to. And then some just the banter between Misty and um, Walter was just incredible. The interactions were just so funny. This I couldn't have wanted a better scene ever. The only thing I want for the show going forward is now just to have Christina Ricci and Elijah Wood just end up together. That's like ship them. Yeah, I just need them to live a happy life together as crazy couple. So there was a thing that I I don't know if it was the official Yellow Jackets social media team or something, something official from Yellow Jackets. They put out like the two new character introductions after last episode, or maybe it was even after the first episode. And it was the screenshot of Matt, the cop. And it said like his full name, like Matt, whatever his last name was. I forget what it is. Not relevant. And then the other one was of, of Walter. And it said, Elijah Wood as Walter and it didn't put his last name. So a lot of people were going crazy saying like it's his last name's got to be Martin, like Adam Martin's like relative or something like that. But Misty. Yeah. Shattered it. Like she knows his whole last name, like, and it's not relevant. So I just wanted to point that out that I saw some, some theories flying around that he was going to be related to Adam and he had like a personal interest in finding out who the killer was. Unless he's even that good that when Missy tried to search for him, she got the wrong last name. Like she got the last name he wanted her to get. But in the in the reverse, like 
put some respect on Missy's name. Like he wanted to meet her because she's got such an impeccable record, you know, like which I love because our girl Missy isn't is the best. But I would love if that's not actually his last name and there's a twist. Because why would they leave his last name out? Yeah, so weird. Mm-hmm. It's hobby. hobby. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Every new character we have to deem him hobby, right? Um, but there was one line that um Walter says that I was living for because I am a die-hard Sherlock fan. That he says yep. the reason, like he was looking for Misty or whatever. He says maybe I'm just a bored Moriarty looking for his Sherlock, and I freaking yep. love that line. And the way Misty got all flustered too, yeah. I was like, please let this happen. And we need these two to be together. They're so cute. They're gonna hook up. Well. The only loose end is that Walter does confront her. Hey, let's be honest here. Why have you been downvoting my Adam Martin stuff? And I thought it was very clever because in the 90s, they were kind of highlighting how Misty Loki has some acting chops Mm -hmm. with her monologue. And then that all led up into her making her pitch acting like she knew Adam's mother. And it was like a personal thing. I didn't want it to get out that he was a drug addict, which is, of course, a lie. Do we think that Walter was buying it because there was kind of a pause and he was like, "Okay, Mm -hmm. that's a big mistake. I agree. Completely yeah. agree. Too detailed in her yep. response. 100%. 100%. But, mm-hmm. I mean, he got the address from the Phantom Machine, so we're going to fucking New York. And yeah. re- that's like, the, I think that's the reveal of they're mm-hmm. in New York. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. we knew it had to be somewhere with mountains, but we didn't think they got in a plane and they're in New Jersey. So that's good. New York's fine. I'll buy New York. Let's rip Taisa. It's so quick. Um, Tice is in the hospital. We open. Sammy's not actually there. I don't think like is mommy going to die. Maybe that was from before, but I don't think he's there. Um, but Simone is alive, but sort of sedated, maybe comatose, medically induced mm-hmm. or something like that. And Ty sleptwalk drew the fucking symbol on her hand and it's brutal. But um, she goes to the bathroom. She's taking pills. She has a very long moment with her mirror self which was fucking awesome and she says go to her she's mouthing it and then she does this sick little van face which i love go to van i'm glad that you said it was van because in my notes i just had what was the symbol that she was trying to do parentheses van question mark so i think that's exactly it had to have been but yeah. what was she mm-hmm. mouthing? Could any of you put go together? To van. Go to her. Oh, is go that to, what it said? Oh, go to her, go to Van. It yeah. was definitely that. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that's totally what it is, and I feel stupid, but I originally thought it was her almost making the symbol. Oh. Like the triangular symbol. That's what I that was my knee-jerk reaction. Yeah, but it actually yeah. makes way more sense that it was Van. So Really quickly, I guess this will be kind of jumping the gun a little bit, but the symbol, I guess, on Simone's hand... Is it a mark for protection, do we think? Or do we think she's marked for death now? How do you guys take it? Do you think Thais's double personality is trying to protect her or just signed her up for her death wish? I think the symbol is just powerful. It can be used for either protection or death, as we've seen with the fucking crows falling out of the sky. But I don't know what this thing wants, especially what it wants with Simone. Um, But one thing I like to think about is, which is obvious, so the second Taisa or the bad one, as Sammy calls her, is the same person as that's in the wilderness. And that may have been as a kid like this reminds me this van face for anyone who's not watching us on YouTube reminds me of episode nine when they dressed up for homecoming and Ty mm-hmm. made those things. I know it's probably maybe like symbolizing the scars on her face. But to me, this feels like the actual thing that Ty made her. And it's like, oh, that other tie, the bad one, remembers that from back in the day, like knows Van as that and has been with 
Ty her whole life and is just mm-hmm. like a second person. It's almost like what's the Jordan Peele movie? Us. Yeah, you know, yeah, like it's yeah, basically just yeah. like that. It's the, it's the flip side. It's the people being like, we got the shit end of the deal and we've been with you the whole time. But we're like, you know, in this upside down type world, which I I just enjoy that. It's I think the tie, especially when we get to 1996, was probably my favorite part of the episode when Van and Ty go in their little walk together. I think that's the coolest part because something's crazy is happening with Ty. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the most like mysterious part of it all, besides obviously the wilderness in general. I did not expect us to get this much information about the lady in the tree version of her so early in this season. I'm actually loving it. I really didn't even, at least in, through, throughout season one, didn't think she had the ability to talk mm. like a normal person. So that's mm-hmm. completely different. And now that makes a lot of things click better, especially with the politics uh, and the, like the sacrificial win thing that was going on at the end of last season. Because it could have totally just been lady in the tree version standing there having conversations because we know she can actually talk. All of that is like so fun. And just that mirror scene. I don't know what it is about mirrors when they don't like show the right reflection. It just creeps me the hell out. And yeah. I don't know also if you guys were looking for the red eyes again. Because she totally oh, yeah. just at all times has like that coloring to her eyes. And that would be cool if that turned into a reveal. But I think the writers already said that it's something to do with her context. They wanted to make her eyes closely match young Thaisa's actor. And it just like the coloring and the and the, and the angles sometimes make it look red. And that's all that is. Yeah. But it's definitely unnerving and it's awesome that it happens for Thaisa because kind of like adds to the creepy factor of everything. The reveal that Demon Ty can talk kind of brings into question every single scene where we've seen Thaisa, who's at the wheel. Like mm-hmm. it's been two episodes now, but episode one, I said I was getting vibes when she was talking to the veterinarian. Like yep. that could have been the Demon Ty. So I think that's just what we have to assume going forward. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this episode is the reveal that she can talk like in the very beginning of the episode, which we'll get to when Ty's freaking the fuck out that they hmm. ate Jackie and Van's like, you talk to me like you looked at we were sitting next to me, you ate her face, whatever. And then later when Ty talks to her, it's like, oh, shit, all bets are off. Moving forward in this, the, the only last thing is, of course, Ty just immediately is like, peace out, Simone, gots to go, beelines it, takes the keys from her coworker, maybe her like, I don't even know who she is. But campaign manager. Campaign manager, yeah. and then calls dead ass Jessica Roberts as if she's ever going to answer. But mm-hmm. I guess it's only been three, four days since yeah. she Misty killed her, so... Like she just crashed on the side of the road. That would have been processed by the police and would have made it back to Thaisa, I would assume. Although Thaisa's had her hands full the past four days, even if it has been four days. So you gotta you gotta think they just probably did a what what's it called? A tox toxicology report, whatever. Yeah. And saw fentanyl in her system, drug overdose, boom, dead. I don't think that would connect to Thaisa in any way because she was supposed to be one of those celebrity or rich people cleaner uppers, whatever. Mm -hmm. So I don't think there would have been anything connecting them unless they, I don't know, phone records or whatever. But we had that brief conversation of Missy didn't kill her, but like she killed her. All right. Last one. 2021. Shauna and Jeff and the Strawberry Lube. That's the title of that. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Dave loves that one. I was Um, cracking up at that line when he's like, I could have been strawberry. I could have been strawberry. (laughs) It was so good. Just referring to the fact that he should have been, he could have been a loose cannon in the moment, but he decides to use the word strawberry. It's just, God, his innocence. I love him so much. He's like, and what did I say? And she goes, that this stuff is for bisexuals and goths. Jeff in the cutoff sweatshirt at the gym. I'm like, they're really making this guy like uh, just 
oh my God, like a goofball. He's such a goof, but I mean, anything out of the strawberry lube other than fucking hilarious and Shauna being like, they're talking about why she was screwing Adam and she says she didn't like um, that she knew everything that was going to happen in her life and she did like with Adam, it was like, I don't know what's going to happen, which is a complete opposite of what Shauna says in 1996 in this episode when she's like, I just hate that I don't know what's going to happen. And so both, like it's somewhere in between Shauna kind of, fell in love with the feeling of not knowing what's going to happen. And when she got into her like monotonous life, you know, it was too boring for her and um, poor Jeff, but he's a cutie. We love him. We stand. Yeah. He's the boy <laughs> for sure. I can't um, say but... Yefe. I can't do it. Kathleen's so on my team now. I <laughs> yeah. love it. So I yeah. I'm upset because I really liked Shauna. Well, I guess mainly Hefe in the relationship, but I did like their dynamic as a couple but i it's so hard for them to recover from this i mean the events of what happened at the diner like shauna pouring out her guts on you know what what she thinks is you know hot to her and all that stuff and jeff is kind of like uh that's not up my alley then we see the the interaction we get next which we'll get into but their relationship it is an all-time low even further below after you know the whole murder thing Mm -hmm. which you know would be is hard to believe but i just worry for them i I don't know how they're going to make it out of this. Like they are just, we're getting it in this episode a lot that they are just so different people at this point in their lives. Sean is like the thrill seeker. Jeff is just, he just wants to be, you know, dad, just normal lifestyle. And Sean wants a little bit more than that. So at least he's still trying to keep the spark alive. I mean, shit, dude, yeah. he just made the snap judgment decision to try and go to colonial Williamsburg. <laughs> <laughs> Churn some butter, do some blacksmithing. Yeah, but again, Are you kidding me, Shauna, man? He's but giving, Shauna he's... wasn't into that. No, of course she's not. That was a crazy no, just, thing I'm for just, him to be like. No, no, I'm. I'm I get you, Dave. Yeah. I get you. Yeah. Let me counter that, Dave, because I agree with you that right now they seem weird. But as of the beginning and the end of last season, so the end of last season is a couple days ago, right? And they're making jokes across the table. Everyone, everyone's good. They're they're chilling. They're watching TV together. Callie comes in. Like maybe Callie knowing about something is driving a wedge, but it doesn't seem like Jeff even knows about that. You know. So in the beginning of this, when even like with the hot dog and the bun, that was episode one. They seem good. So I don't really understand. I felt like maybe them banging at Adam's art studio was kind of a down, like a really low point, and it hasn't really recovered since then. Because I, up until Jeff then, they seem. I think yeah. Jeff definitely regrets it still. Yeah, the Papa Roach scene tells us everything. But I don't know. I don't know why they're. It why is, now? It feels like we missed a scene, right? Like, because I yeah. felt the same way. I was like, this, I was like, what am I? I thought they were good. I didn't know where that was coming from. I mean, it makes sense when you really, really think about it. I just didn't think they were going to go this route. Well, the whole like him confronting Kevin at the gym scene suggests that he is still into her and is fighting to make it work. And I don't think she's at an all time low in her feelings for him. I think it's just still Shauna's indifference. Like, you know, the spark isn't alive, so I don't really care about it anymore. But, you know, she took uh, took matters into her own hand when she after the carjacking and everything. So let's, yeah. let's talk kinda... about that. And I am going to pose the question to you, B-Toms. Please, for the love of God, tell me that some of this was badass to you by Shauna this episode. Oh, I have that. Uh, <laughs> what do I have? What do I have? 
Uh, Shauna is kind of a badass. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I paused for so long for that, but I have it literally written out. I thought it was going to be more impressive. I'm sorry. No, this was great from Shauna. I mean, yeah. look, Shauna is very capable and someone who I kind of have respect for in the Yellow Jackets universe is Kevin. I think he's got a good head on his shoulders and even he is putting some respect on Shauna's name. Mm-hmm. Like Shauna's smart. She's dangerous. We got to make sure we really have her if we're going to go at her hard. So, yeah, no, this was a great Shauna episode. And if she's not fooling around with a guy she's not supposed to be. Yeah. Give me all a loose cannon <laughs> Shauna. So long as she's not dragging other people down with her. This is just cool. I was fair, dude. Fair. I was ready to run through a wall when she ripped that gun out of his hand and like had him in like two seconds. Oh, yeah. And that didn't even Jeff. Yeah. Yeah. This was, a, this was not a great Jeff episode for me, Uh-oh. but yeah. That didn't even compare to the level of hype I got after the later monologue she gives when she's holding the guy at gunpoint. I was like, dude, nobody encapsulates the growth that they had as a yellow jacket better in this show than older Shauna and hater or lover for it. It's just so freaking fun to watch when she just turns on the survival instinct. And I am just like right now, I can just feel myself like getting hype like this. It's just so great when she uses those skills because we don't really see other people use the skills that they gained out there. I agree. genuinely had no clue if she was going to pull the trigger on that guy or not. I was on the edge of my seat because that it wasn't like other shows where it just would have been like another dead body. That would have just laid a mountain of more pressure, more cover ups that her and Jeff would have had to do. I was like, Shauna, don't pull the trigger. This could have some very real implications for your storyline. And Luke, you put it into my head. Maybe they are going for Shauna is going to end up behind bars. That would have like. It would make sense. I, I was just on the edge of my seat the entire time. It, very yeah. good writing. I, I don't felt, know. I felt like I was transported to The Last of Us when she was holding that gun. I was like, she's going to just totally go Pedro Pascal, Joel, and just start murdering mm-hmm. everyone. And then when you think about it, that it's okay. It's not in a post-apocalyptic world. A post-apocalyptic world. She has consequences. You can't just go around murdering everyone that you despise or whatever. Yeah. But overall, one of my favorite speeches probably from this entire show, even though last episode was like full of these epic speeches, but this one I think takes the cake so far. And then a quote that I need to bring up because I still just like, I'm like smiling, just reading it. Cause it's so cool. <laughs> it's just when she says to the guy that she's pointing the gun at, she goes, my hand wasn't shaking because I was afraid it was shaking because of how badly I wanted to do this. And tell me Brian Sasuke. or Dave. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. The Sasuke I'm line again. Here, I'm shaking from excitement. Yeah, yeah, dude. Hell yeah. That's exactly what I thought. I was nice. like, this yeah. is freaking amazing. Yeah. They watch Naruto over yes, there. Yellow do. jackets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah he underestimated her shirt, big time. Dave, show the shirt. For the vid, hell yeah, Kotsky. Ooh, nice. Hell yeah. They stole the wrong lady's sw- uh, fucking minivan, and I agree that Jeff should have just let her handle it. He underestimates her as well. Yeah. The moment she tackles him and gets the gun, Jeff should be like thanking her to the high heavens, like you just saved our lives, and now we can get our minivan and get out of here. And that caught me by such surprise. She just like tackles him right away, gets the almost, gun. Was, Yo, it was almost LVP worthy. But we'll see when we get to the very, very end. Well, it's almost like, all right, Jeff, weren't you like a big, like popular jock in high, like high school? She just she tackled him, gets the gun, push him out of the way, and get Done. your car back. What's going Done. on? Yeah, but it was funny how Shauna was like when Jeff was like, "You're gonna get us killed over our shitty minivan," and she's like, "Well, you know, my purse was in there, all the quarters, and you know, <laughs> Callie's old parachute. toy." <laughs> trying to add I, value to the the minivan as if any of that mattered. If, If I'm being I don't fault Jeff for his reaction, because I think anybody would be flustered 
for the first yes. time having a gun pointed at their face, he would probably still be flustered even after it would take a second for his mind to catch up what just happened. But yeah. I think it just goes to show how that shit doesn't phase Shauna anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the difference. She yeah. is not normal. Jeff had the normal reaction. Right. Yeah. Agreed. He's built different. Mm-hmm. Speaking um, of that, ooh, let's okay. go into the Jeff and Kevin interaction. Uh, this is kind of reminds me of the Misty and Walter flub the lie he tells. It's kind of like Jeff, stop talking, oh, stop God. saying things. I was so worried that Jeff going from that scene to this scene was gonna just spill something. And I was like, please don't be any worse. Just just keep quiet. But he does manage to hold on a little bit. I feel like Kevin can't walk away with anything, right? Like there's nothing in that conversation that can make him feel more confident about what he's about to do right well just the fact that he approached him at the gym and said you really upset my wife he'd be like upset your wife why she's got nothing to hide i think it was just unnecessary jeff's dumb yeah. he, he overplayed his hand mm-hmm. i think he looked yeah. pretty good in that uh cut off sweater though as silly as he looked those arms were looking thick yeah any interaction if if any it should have just been like hey man like i heard you came to my house like anything i can do to help you know it's got to be that it's got to be play it cool like not this crazy like yelling at jeff in the middle of a gym or yelling at kevin in the middle it felt very it felt very much like a high school jocks reaction to a high school kind of drama situation but kevin is an adult now and could respond as a police officer would to yeah jeff's jock brain i don't know bad luck yeah i'm good um, with that i don't have yeah that. that's that's 2021 and we're back to 1996 and jackie's corpse is picked over completely it's just like dripping and like icky ben scott is in a state of shock weird like comatose at one point he starts hallucinating one of the new girls which i still don't know her name frothing at the mouth trav checks in on him at one point to be like this baby shower sucks it's weird and he just like literally turns over um and all throughout this episode we can just kind of rip through this flashback uh we get a ben scott and his boyfriend flashback and this is like days weeks two weeks maybe leading up into um, nationals and we get this flashback. Ben is not out as we know. And his boyfriend, it's just him and his boyfriend, they're cooking and whatever. And he, the boyfriend wants him to move in and he's making excuses. And, you know, it's not easy being a gay man in the nineties. It's not necessarily easy being a gay man now, but in the nineties specifically, like we just covered midnight club and we got a lot of the same sentiment, you know, coming out and being out and stuff. Um, They kind of break up. And then in the next scene, we get Ben deciding not to go. Like, he quits, apparently, which we didn't know, which is crazy. We get information that he quits the day of, the morning of. He's like, I'm not going to go. And it's seemingly like they get back together. And I assumed you can just kind of fill in the blanks that the boyfriend was probably like, I love that, but go. Like, finish out the season. Go Mm -hmm. be with your girls. Mm -hmm. Oh, what do you think? No, because the the newscast in the background was saying the girl, like, uh, soccer team's uh, plane has crashed in the in like a unexpected yeah. way so meaning it was saying like this is what he wishes he did instead of because like it was oh. saying like the, the crash happened right is that how you I guys got that? coach was playing out as what if fantasy yes. what if yeah. i had just moved in with him instead mm-hmm. of gotten on that plane that day wow that's like so much better i genuinely yeah, was just thinking like he actually i thought ben was thinking about how like morning of he was like i am go- i am gonna go yeah, I was really filling in some blanks there, so, wasn't I? 
the Ooh, recap okay. right before the episode, like they'll share like previously on Yellow Jackets, they highlighted the scene when um Nat and Ben are tripping and he's having all the regrets about Paul and not mm. actually telling him what his true feelings were. So cool. the question becomes is every scene that wasn't that one also a what if scenario or was every or is everything else real except for that last scene that we got with this information? That's the question. Yeah, the latter, I would have to say. Probably. Yeah, I think yeah. that was the only wow. one. Yeah. yeah, thanks, guys. That, that made it good. I like Dude, I loved Ben and Paul, man. That was awesome. They were great. Together. Yeah. That for makes sure. me sad. He's sitting there with regrets. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he has Never so many regrets. Yeah. What how kind could... of asshole puts cumin in a clam chowder? I was just going <laughs> to say, how could Coach Ben not know that cumin does not belong in clam chowder? Silly. That's boy. so funny. Let's wrap up the Ben stuff, though, with like talking about some of the other pieces. Like you already mentioned the frothing at the mouth, girl. I yeah. think that was a little mixture of two things like. It's. I think it said um, the closed captioning said stomach rumbling or something like that. Like he was hungry, so that's For probably sure. playing into a little bit of like holy shit. Like all these girls ate. They got their. They got meat last night. Like they're probably like they have real nutrients. He's still starving. Um, and then on top of that, like now he's starting to realize like if they decide that they want to eat him and kill him. It's going to happen. And that's what we've been talking about forever. Like it, they can just he his fate's in their hands. And I, I really am ready to like put it on the board. Like he seems like a midseason kill. Like I, I would put his death sentence by like episode five. Wow. Yeah. He might die from starvation, though. I'm thinking I'm less and less inclined to think that he's going to be the first. We want to kill him for the purpose of eating him. I feel like the he's heading south. Like mm-hmm. mentally, he seems checked out, given up morale of wanting to survive this ordeal i yeah. think he's gonna die from starvation and they'll just be like well we already ate snacky what's coach come on now yeah i think suicide yeah, I... unfortunately is also on the table for ben oh, scott yeah i think yeah. that would be another a way a, a way for him to to die and then have them eat him without you know just it pointing blood, at him yeah 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 you know not to jump but this was we can quick talk about this scene because it's not really like you know we can talk, it was very quick it's with ty and akila and they're talking and Akila is talking about how her sister is a baby, a nephew, Oldest I think. And kids. it's one of the few times besides Jackie talking about Jeff and being like, I miss Jeff, like blah, blah, blah. It's really one of the few times we hear someone being like, I got to get home to go see this person. No one's talking about their mom. No one's talking about their dad. Nobody's talking about their brothers and sisters and friends. We're really really like focused on the matter at hand here. And I really enjoyed the scene with Ty and Akila when Akila's just like, I really want to see this guy again. I will do anything to be able to see him again, even eat Jackie. You know what I mean? And Ben is is thinking the same things in his head. Like I God, I wish like I wish I did this. I wish I changed this. But is it enough to make him want to get home? Like you said, like he actually could commit suicide if it gets bad enough, you know, like he they might be like, we're not getting Especially if he has rescued. all these negative thoughts, like of reflecting of, oh, I should have just stayed at home. That's just that kind of mindset is just going to lead you down that rabbit hole of, okay, and now if there's no food, what else is there left for me? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe he goes out in noble sacrifice. Like, I'm going to kill myself, but you guys, you know, have fun with my body afterwards. But yeah. one thing I will bring up, I think this was at the very beginning, is Thais's reaction to Jack, yeah. them eating Jackie, because Yikes. I thought it was interesting that Thaisa didn't remember it. I, I thought they were going to play. If Taisa didn't remember it, I thought the rest of them weren't going to remember it. But then Van straight up immediately within the second was like, yeah, we ate her last night. And Taisa's like, what? Like, I didn't do that. And she's like, you were right next to me. And I think I'm just curious as to why 
particularly in that moment, they chose to have Taisa sleepwalk and not be conscious like everyone else. I couldn't tell if it was a trauma response or the sleepwalking. I couldn't tell if she was just like blocking it because it's such a horrid thing they had to do or if it it was a sleepwalking. I think it was a sleepwalking because Van took that information with confidence later in the night to be like, oh, I can make first contact with this demon because she was looking me in the eyes and talking to me while sleepwalking while we were eating Jackie. I just wonder why, though. Like, what was the what's the point of that? I thought Ty had a flash, almost like she remembered it. And I don't think Ty remembers mm. a single thing from when she's sleepwalking. So but, she did have a flash. She, there was a yeah. flash moment where she's like, okay, shit, that did happen. Well, yeah. I wanted to bring this up when we were talking about older Taisa, because it's very obvious that Lady in the Tree version of her is ver- is always aware, like even when Taisa's driving. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's a situation where we get to where she- Taisa is also slightly aware, or at least is capable of remembering flashes like this. Yeah. When it wasn't actually her that was driving. So I don't know. There's there's a lot of questions, and I'm sure like it seems like we're really leaning into getting answers about Taisa specifically this season. Like already through three episodes, I feel like we know more than we did the entire season one. So like I think we're gonna get more and more specific with this, especially once we find adult van. While we're kind of talking about the cannibal scene from last episode, something I didn't get a chance to say, there was a great shot of Shauna looking over Jackie's eaten corpse, and on one shoulder was Lottie, and on the other shoulder was Thaisa. Mm. And that just goes along. I think, Dave, you were the first to say we could have these two forces, the forces of good versus the forces of evil, evil, and that was very much like the devil and the angel on the Mm. shoulder imagery. Wow. I I totally missed that. I want to, while we're just talking about Thaisa's traumatic reaction to this evening, I want to bring up some of the other reactions too, because this was like, to me, the most disheveled I've ever seen young Nat be like right in the beginning when she's just like, like sitting down on the step, like looking, she has never once really lost her calm, cool, collected, collected nature, like as badly as she did right here. So that kind of like hit hard because I like, I don't know. I just, that's one of my favorite characters and I haven't seen her like that. And it was, that hit me hard on top of that. Like we had Shauna being verbally and explicitly traumatized. Like she was just saying it more explicitly than everybody else. So everybody's reacting how they should be reacting. And then Taisa, we just talked about her. She's puking, literally puking. I thought more people were you got Kathleen. I'm pretty sure you said that on last podcast. You're like, some of them are going to be sick. And Mm -hmm. she was. So, well, let's talk about how I feel like no one's reacting bad enough. (laughs) Everyone is like, we're cool. Two of of the girls (laughs) clearly were into it in crystal and misty. So that kind of knocks out two of the group members and Lottie, obviously, was probably encouraged by it from whatever spirit is also with her. So, you know, yeah. that also takes out a couple people. So it's you're really right. Only like Nat- the only people that would have had a reaction are Natalie, Shauna, and Taisa. Taisa. And those were the only three reactions that we got. So and Ben. And Ben. And Ben. <laughs> yeah. Jesus, he reacted Jesus. the correct way. Yeah, really. <laughs> Mari's cracking jokes. Uh anybody want breakfast? Oh, oh my God. <laughs> I mean it was Classic a good attempt. Mari. I, I agree. No one breaking the ice. No one's traumatized enough. I want to see pain in those eyes, ladies. So back in the cabin, Nat suggests they should move the remains to the plane. Ben gets like a little like jabbing, being like, yeah, well, if you bury over there, it'll look like she died with the others. I'm like, no, it's not. They're going to decompose at very different rates. (laughs) because That's just bones, baby. They picked her all the way. Mm -hmm. I can't believe they ate her whole body. Literally, they picked her. There's no leftovers. Didn't we talk about that? Is there going to be leftovers, Dave? 
Well, oh yeah, <laughs> Misty did say like Misty and Crystal wanted to make bone broth out of Jackie. They are know. so fucking weird that yeah. like that was <laughs> that whole conversation was out of control weird, mm-hmm. and I, know. I love it. I still love it because that's just the drama aspect of the show. Crystal gives me some very very weird vibes. Let's just quickly talk about Nat's storyline because we can rip it. It's just that um, she fits all little Jackie in that little bag. She just like throws her over her shoulder and and goes alone. And it's kind of interesting because Lottie and Travis are the ones that like send her off. And Nat seems like she's like, I just want to be alone. I don't know if it's because she's traumatized from eating her friend or Jackie. I don't know if they're technically friends or if it's because she's having a weird thing with Lottie and Travis as well, but it's weird that those are the two that are sending her off. Mm -hmm. She has a little talk with Jackie's bones about maybe that Jackie's the lucky one for dying because shit's about to get even worse out here, which I liked. And then all of a sudden, the gigantic fucking moose appears and and she misses. I'm like, Nat, you're, you're such a better shot than that. Don't miss. And it just fucks the plane. But any uh, comments on that? Yeah, the moose wasn't real, right? Yeah. I took well, it as the moose wasn't real. Well, I saw like the plane was still like hanging. No. The plane looked fucked. I, I don't mean, think so. Though. What happened was the moose hit the plane. You do see the roof shake a little bit. Yes, that could imply that it was there, but I just think that was still all part of just that wasn't the moose wasn't real. Like it was kind of like Lottie seeing the deer, I guess. I don't I think, think I think it was a, real. I think don't think so. I think it was a complete hallucination. I'll have to go back and rewatch it because I thought it was like you did see the plane fall apart, and I thought they showed you when she like turned to shoot again. I'm like how and it was moose gone. that size just then. Yeah, that was a huge that like moose are huge. I know that meese, but. <laughs> <laughs> But that one was fucking big. I've seen a real moose and they're fucking big, but that one was like a dinosaur, which was crazy. And everybody else is seeing vision. So it, it kind of makes sense. It was white too. Yeah. That was the other thing I was going to yeah. bring up too, is that like Nat and Ben were almost like two of the only people that weren't experiencing like visions up until this point. Like everyone was hallucinating shit, but now these two are even are hallucinating situations. Mm-hmm. And that just kind of shows that everyone, even the stronger Maybe the stronger mentally ones are also breaking down. A so, B Towns, did you think it was real or a vision? I'm Team Moose was real, if I'm being okay. honest. But if, like, if it was real or fake, if it was fake, what purpose does that vision, like, is now Nat uh, supernaturally inclined like Lottie? Lottie's been the only one seeing visions. No, Ben saw a vision, but that could have been attributed to hunger. I mean, like, Sean has girls. been hallucinating talking to Jackie for weeks now. So, I would. Yeah, I would say the ravenous young girl was a different type of vision than bloody antlers or a giant moose. It all falls. In the I, same I, yeah, I'm just guessing. I just thought yeah, I'm no, going to go no, back no. and watch and look at the aftermath of the plane. I want to see that scene again. I just love the only split. the only evidence for it being a fake moose, I think, is that Nat would have nailed that moose mm-hmm. from yeah. that distance. Like, that's the only reason I think it was fake. But I, I don't know why it would be fake. Also, I think it might actually play out like next nat should have a conversation with someone and say hey i saw some game like we should hunt around here that moose if she killed it would have fed yeah. them for months probably like that was a mm-hmm. big boy right and also i would have thought her normal reaction if she thought it was real would have been to jump out of the plane and look for it and shoot again rather than like looking like holy shit like did Ty i just imagine that ty used to sees wolves like maybe this her spirit yeah. an- animal is a moose or whatever the fuck i don't know i am reading an article that's saying everything you guys are saying i feel like you were writing it in real time (laughs) as i was reading it but it's basically saying is it real or is it not it's up for debate but this let me just read this quick this is from screen ran it says 
in some indigenous Canadian First Nations tribes, um, a white moose is considered sacred and lucky due to due to its rarity, signaling that the creature could be a representative of a stroke of luck for the survivors. In addition, killing a white moose or a spirit moose is considered horribly bad luck for the hunter. In some cultures, moose are seen as good omens, symbolizing luck, fertility, and prosperity. The Yellow Jackets team hasn't really had luck on their sides as of late, but the latest animal encounter could signal that this is about to change, despite Natalie's parting words to Jackie. And then later it goes on to be like, is it real or did she imagine it? Because you know she it disappeared immediately it's a whole article i can't read it while we're podcasting but i think it is up for debate i didn't even think that it could be fake so again thanks for all the hallucinations just went right over my head (laughs) (laughs) what's up e-toms am i making this up or was there an episode in house of the dragon where they were like hunting a pure white stag and it was supposed to be very like noble shadow and bone bro shadow and bone (laughs) okay yes it is something else too well shadow and bone also obviously that happened okay never mind i'm i'm throwing that one out there's also in dexter new blood there was a whole bit of that and like an indigenous tribe and shooting oh i think it was a white doe though i don't think it was a moose but i think there is there is yeah. You should be happy that Jackie missed the bullet Jackie. at the end of the day. Or sorry, Jackie. <laughs> Nat missed the bullet because now they won't have to suffer. <laughs> Maybe it was the forest spirit testing her will, like if she was going to kill the moose. I don't fucking know. So before we jump into the bridal shower, and then I think the last scene, and that pretty much bridal takes us home. <laughs> bridal shower. Baby shower. <laughs> She's getting married. Hell yeah. Um, I just wanted, I didn't get a chance to fit this in earlier when we mentioned like Travis was checking in on, on coach Scott and Travis was sending off, um, Nat on like trying to go with Nat, whatever. This was the most normal Travis has been in a while since Javi died. Like he was saying normal things, at least like he wasn't, it wasn't all about him being crazy and stuff. So that was a good sign. And maybe going forward, like Lottie technically, like Nat's fake lie could go a long way and actually technically help him for a little bit. And he is going to stop being personally annoying to me uh this was a good sign that's all i wanted to put out there i like that travis definitely should have had more of a reaction like going into what bizom was saying like more people should be upset or like be surprised at what happened like i feel like travis also should be one of those people that be like what the fuck did i just do yeah but he was yeah. totally fine he was but he's we've also again like last episode i was saying like we have seen him kind of creep into the lottie territory a little bit so maybe he just thought of questions at less stuff. and stuff yeah yeah i wrote down who at the end like when they're arguing over the blanket with the symbol on i wrote down who's on which side and just to you know get it straight it's nothing is surprising so you've got lottie misty van Aquila, and mari are on lottie's side and then we've only really nat ty confirmed and then shauna dropping the blanket at the end makes it me feel like she's on nat and ty's side um but travis isn't in the room i think there's an argument that could be made i think that in general, him sipping the drink or the like blood drink or whatever. He believes in Lottie, but he's also like loves Nat. So he is stranded in the middle somewhere, I think. Ben would be on Taisa and Nat's side too. I think. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so that kind of goes right into Lottie telling Shauna, you know, Shauna's freaking out. She says, this is what she would have wanted. Maybe not for the rest of us, but for you and the baby, which is interesting. Um, This is where she says, like, everything's out of control. She doesn't like not knowing what's happening next. Baby shower, right? We're all going to throw a baby. Lottie assumes it's a him. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. Lottie's Um, love. Yeah, I mean, it is a him. (laughs) They're going to name it Adam. (laughs) 
<laughs> wow. <laughs> what a Sean, you mean Shauna's banging her own kid? She just we're we're taking the Game of Thrones route, baby. It's going to be Adam. Only wow. successful shows have incest. Adam, middle name, Javi. Yeah. <laughs> yep. We get the Aquila and Ty scene, which I talked about. Mari's making death toys for the baby, just like absolute sh- shivs to fall straight onto Ooh. the baby. Um, but then Mari hears dripping. Any guesses? Any guesses on the drip? Mm-mm. She was the one that felt like a tap on her shoulder or something. Like this yeah, is who the first time. Yeah. yeah. Was that Mari the first time? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. I don't have any guesses either. Keep an eye out though. Stay vigilant for that. Now that I'm um, kind of thinking about the whole episode as a whole, what if it was kind of foreshadowing Shauna's nosebleed? I'm just pulling shit out of ooh. my ass. Like that's just, but you're right. You're, I like oh. that you brought that up. B Tom's that she was also the one that felt the tap down her shoulder. I wonder if we went back and watched that episode, if something happened to Mari in regards to being tapped on the shoulder like that. Remind me the context of that again, the tap on the shoulder. She just runs out being like, there's bugs, there's bugs. Yeah, Something's in my yeah, shirt. Yeah. 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 And everyone was like, relax. Like, there's <laughs> no the bugs first on episodes you. in the cabin, I believe. Yes. She, oh yeah. I, what is that? Yeah. I have no idea, but again, and she also maybe has heard, I think she was also one of the people that heard like walking on the roof in like the first season originally. So dude, is Mari interesting? (laughs) She's a bitch though. That's for sure. (laughs) She's she's going to fall into a pit at some point. Sure. That's (laughs) that makes her interesting. Lottie might as well have said that already. That's fucking happening. That's law. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So this is the broth conversation jackie's bones they were like it was pretty it wasn't bad right and uh crystal tells this whack story about like absorbing the twin in the womb which happens a lot that's not like something that's pretty rare i think that happens a lot of times but they're just so weird the asian girl from pitch perfect also observed absorbed her womb twin oh yeah 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 yeah. forget about that Yeah. Any comments on these two? In general, for me, I enjoy them. I think it's like, especially when we get to the monologue from Steel Magnolias later. I mean, Missy absolutely crushed that. I watched the I watched the actual scene from Steel Magnolias. It is so good. Sally Field does the original uh, monologue. And I mean, our girl Misty fucking crushes. And I enjoyed that everyone actually enjoyed it by the end. They were laughing in the beginning, but by the end, everyone was like, Whoa, baby, we haven't had live entertainment in a real time. Definitely. Yeah. Um, but anything on the two of them, like even them under the blanket talking. So th- this is a good time to throw this in there. I actually um, didn't realize this. My sister who's watching Yellow Jacket as well. She said, hey, do you recognize like young Misty from a nice Disney Channel cameo she had back in the day in one of the shows that um I watched every episode of, and it turns out she was on Sweet Life of Zach and Cody, just like a random episode. And it's just awesome that I didn't even know she was like, she's been around for that long. She got to show her acting chops off here. And yeah, that was awesome, especially paralleled with just, I think we were getting a little bit of um, older Misty at some point around these scenes. So it's just always good to see when they do the parallels like that. But she's a great actress. And it's been a while since we've highlighted young Misty because everything else has been so crazy. She really stole the show early in season one that it's been a while. So she's probably going to kill Crystal or something or Coach Ben, one of the two. And that's going to be the thing that that gets us talking about her again. So I could totally see something wild with Crystal playing out soon because it seems like they're going to be chaotically. They have like a chaotic synergy going on. I agree. And it's so funny. I think her name is Samantha in real life um, mm-hmm. who plays Misty. And it's wild to think that she could have played 
a teen, a preteen on Sweet Life and is now, what is it, 15 years later playing a teenager on Yellow Jackets? She, I mean, she looks so young. It works a lot of times. Like when you're watching Riverdale, you're like, these people are not 17. <laughs> Stop yeah. it. But she she looks really great. I mean, it's good for her. <laughs> She's keeping that, that youth. Uh, what's your secret, girl? I'll drop the routine. But anyway, <laughs> moving forward, Ty sleepwalking. Let's dive in. This is one of my favorite scenes. Ty wakes up, and but not wakes up, right? She gets up, and Van is so smart to just ask her questions, right? Brian, you were right. She got the little inkling in the back of her head. Maybe I could talk to her. And the best question she asked, she's like, you know, well, she says, who, wh- where are you going? And she's like, she's following the one with no eyes, whatever. But when she says, who are you after saying like, oh, if she lets me, Taisa, okay, well, who are you? And I'm like, answer her. Let me know. Like, who are you? It's so good. Bad Ty is saying they're following the one with no eyes. But every time Taisa has been snapped out of that dream, she arrives at the symbol, just yeah. trying to make a connection that is obviously not quite there for us yet. But the man with no eyes is somehow related to the symbol, obviously. Yeah. Which I, I don't even know. I don't know. I said this on the last podcast episode, but we had the conversation about when Ty was walking to the cliff and if she was going to kill herself or not. But then we saw the symbol. I think it's basically confirmed that she wasn't going to kill herself. She was going mm-hmm. to that symbol like she did in this situation, too. Right. Like she's. The ghost is pulling her to that symbol, whether it's like protection or power, or whatever or it is. It was, it was just great getting to see that this thing can actually talk. It does speak this very thing. Ro- yeah, it, it, <laughs> it speaks very robotically. B. Thomas was talking about, oh, maybe it possesses Thaisa at points and then has these conversations, but we haven't really seen it be that capable of formulating those detailed yeah. sentences. It only says like one word. Even when it was doing the symbol for Van, it only said like three things. So it's not... To me, it doesn't seem like it's capable of fully yeah. speaking quite yet, but it can at least communicate some things to whoever it's actually speaking to. No, I feel like Mirror Ty can't like verbally. She can only like verbally speak when she's at the actually, wheel of yeah. the body. Yeah, I don't know. This whole scene, I just love that Van is exploring this and not, you know, questioning it rather than just thinking it's something evil and bad. And I mean, this thing hasn't explicitly posed a threat to the other girls i mean if she's walking around at night she could just like slit all their throats and it hasn't done (laughs) that yet so i don't know the fact that it's someone with no eyes i have to assume it's an evil thing but who knows it could be a misdirect yeah it goes into exactly what lottie was saying i think in the beginning of the episode where she's like we don't know if any of what's happening is good or bad we have Very no true. idea so that exactly ties into Thaisa's whole situation like we don't know anything about Thaisa and if it's trying to help her or you know harm her but we don't know I'm just curious to see how it plays out in the modern day with like Van when she does go to Van like, like what information thing. are we getting from Van because it's going to be something like I feel like that's a perfect way for them to give us a little bit of info that she's getting but we're also seeing it in real time in 1996 so I don't know how that's going to like mesh but Whatever it is, Van, I feel like, is going to be the most informed about this evil spirit. It's going to be, she's going to give us something. I hope we get more conversations of Van and the lady in the tree spirit. Yeah. I just like that Van's getting more screen time. Yeah. I mean, she got a lot last year, but I now that Van's older, you know, actress is going to be in the 2021, 
timeline, I think they're really highlighting her and it's going to be fucking awesome. I can't wait to meet old Van. She's going to be amazing. Van's one of my favorite characters. She's just not one of the like core four or five, you know, so mm-hmm. let's rock. But anyway, last scene, um, Lottie puts the symbol on the baby blanket for protection and it divides the room um, on whether or not it's for protection or if it's bad. And then she starts bleeding directly on the blanket and then all of a sudden, all these crows die on the roof, and it's just like boom, 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 and they're like, "What the fuck?" Which they then uses like a ritual type deal. But Lottie just tries to take control of the narrative and say, "Let's gather these blessings." It's like, yeah, yeah crows so- falling out of the sky is blessings now, Lottie. You're you're scraping the bottom of the barrel for yeah. blessings here. Right before that quote, too, I think someone says, "Don't touch the birds; they could be diseased." And then Lottie's like. Let's gather them. Yeah, grab them. Like, at this point, if you're going to gather them, you might as well just eat them. Like, what's the difference? Like, you're going to get sick either way. So, I just want to pose this question. Then, like, regardless or not the intentions of like the this force, whatever that's giving them these quote unquote blessings, like, is are we all on the same page? That's almost like ninety nine percent to one hundred percent confirmed that this that there is spirituality or like something here, right? Like, yeah. it's not. Yeah. It's no longer. The case where like when we were having the conversation with Alki, like it's no longer the case where I think it's up for debate about some of the things that the forest is capable of actually doing. I mean, the mm-hmm. moment the blood dropped onto the symbol, it wasn't even on the blanket. It was the symbol itself is when the thuds start hitting the roof. Yeah. And so I'm just wondering, like when Travis killed himself, was there like any blood on any like the symbol in there? Um, Like mm-hmm. what were to happen if Simone, like if Taisa cut herself and then put blood on the symbol that was on Simone's hand, like. Would good things happen? Like, is the fact that the birds fell from the sky like a good thing to them if they're gathering them for an offering or something? Like, are they going to eat those birds? Is that I, the idea? I don't think so. They should not. Like, they sh- I was going to say they should. If they just ate a human, like they <laughs> might as well. And like, if they're touching diseased birds, you might as well just eat it. Like, what's like what's no. what's going to happen? You're going to die. You're going to die. Like, you're going to die anyway. So, yeah, I, I think, think they're going to gonna eat the birds personally. You do? They're starving. I mean, they have to eat the birds. They just That's ate Jackie. You're going to die either way. If you don't eat the birds, you're going to die of starvation. If you eat the birds, you could potentially die of sickness, but you could live. Mm-hmm. So you might as well just eat the birds. Misty does say, which loops us back to last season what, with the iron deposits and why the compass wasn't working. She's like, we know there's iron that that could have just screwed up their route and like made them all die <laughs> at so once. Still up in the air. If it, yeah, I mean, uh, no, I think that was the show writer showing us, okay, remember back in episode four of season one where you guys were actually debating, oh, is the iron actually influencing the navigation? This is confirmation that that is a ridiculous theory to explain birds falling from the sky. Mm-hmm. The yeah. only thing now is are we we're supposed to think this but do the four of us in this podcast think that blood falling on the symbol on the blanket is what activated bird death that's like, what i took it as do those Especially things directly connect i took it as yes because if shauna didn't double take on the blanket like looking at the blanket so she has the nosebleed doesn't really look at the symbol again but she looks at it again outside when the birds fall the camera angle purposely shows that there was a drop of blood in the middle of the symbol and that's when Shauna drops it. So I personally think, yes, I'd be curious to think if Kathleen and Luke and yourself, B-Toms, if you guys would agree with me on that. It was the double take. the coin. <laughs> yeah, it's, I think it's got something to do with the symbol. My interpretation is the symbol itself is what's making things happen. I mean, they did it in the seance in season one. Uh, 
Thais's demon is looking for the symbol. Like the symbol itself has power. I I do think blood falling on the symbol had something to do with it. I just don't know. But I mean, yeah, <laughs> that's the end that we've covered Ooh. everything. I think the the actual episode ends with old Lottie and the blood in the uh, beehive. Yeah, if we want to really quickly, just I just want to reiterate that Lottie is just a victim as well. Like she clearly is fearful of whatever's haunting this collective group. She's not trying to help it or anything. I think she's clearly fearful of what yeah. is haunting yes. them. I agree with that. All right. Who wants to start the MVP and buzzkill the episode? We got Brian. Yeah, Let's I'll step it. up the plate. I am going to give Van my MVP honors. I just love that she's exploring the demon and trying to like gather information about what's going on with Thaisa. I've really been liking Van this season, like Kathleen was kind of saying before. And for my buzzkill, I'm going to take it. At face value, the definition of a buzzkill, I think it was coach. They're having a baby shower in the other room, and he's just like <laughs> laying in bed drooling all day. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a great episode for coach because the flashbacks were very valuable for his character, but he was being a little bit of a buzzkill. Yep. Yeah. Good answer. Good Luke? Ha ha ha. All right. I will take older Shauna for my MVP if that is not obvious as hell because yeah. she dropped some all-time quotes here she was an all-time badass and i just i'll never not bring up when she uses yellow jacket skills that she learned from this whole 19 months in the woods um buzzkill of the episode something i never thought i would say also might be stealing dave's answer uh, yeah, Hefe, it, was my it was my backup answer if you damn. saw the first one okay. i know that there will probably never be another episode that i can do this so i wanted I to pick this one because i was really annoyed at jeff and how he reacted but big times talked me down a little bit it was a rational human reaction with the carjacking scene doesn't mean i liked it and also the gym scene was not good for squad so like i just that whole thing so older shauna mvp buzzkill jeff Dave will hop in here and I will say my MVP will be Walter. Mm. I like, yeah, obviously provided a lot of uh, insight for Misty, help progress that storyline to help Misty find Nat LVP. Unfortunately, I was going to go with Jeff. It was going to pain me to do it. So I'm glad Luke did it. So I can still (laughs) have that in my pocket, but I'm going to go with Taisa. I think she is old. Which one? Old Taisa. Damn it. (laughs) You're all taking all of mine. She is going down a rabbit hole right now and from the crash and then just immediately wanting to get someone else's keys and drive somewhere. It's just like, what are you doing, girl? Like, come on. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's my LVP this episode. Kathleen, you can go first next episode. By the way. Okay, so I'm going to go MVP. I'm going to give it to young Misty. Just thought, again, like we said, the acting chops were there. I like that she finally has a friend. And, you know, like the the look that she gives at the end of the monologue, she's just so proud of herself and so happy that people are clapping. I just thought it was great. Um, Can't wait till she kills Ben Scott. It's going to be good stuff. And then um, Buzzkill. Buzzkill, my real Buzzkill was going to be Ty. um, But I had Yefe as my backup. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to go with, this pains me to say, old Nat. So, and only because get the fuck out of there. Like literally last episode, they were like, you got to stay the night. And then we get, sorry, like that all the trains are left the station or the boats or whatever it was. It's like, okay, well, what about today? Why are you still there? I don't understand. Um, So I think that's my only thing. I think, I don't know. I just feel like they're like moseying around. They're lollygagging. I'm like, get to the, get to the meat of what's happening. And I guess it will come to a head when Frodo and old Misty show up. 
Yeah. But I'm going to give it to old Nat, but she's not really the buzzkill. I think she's definitely the fourth of the four that have been set on the pod. But anything else? Any final thoughts? I wanted you to say Crystal. <laughs> Just for the no. vibes, the weird vibes. Yeah, she, is, she does give weird vibes, but I already gave Crystal before, so I'm going to yeah, give her a break. True. My final thoughts would be, can't wait to see old Van and how she's going to change the dynamic of our 2021 characters. And then the other being that I can't wait to see how Nat reacts to seeing the male version of Misty in Walter. So she's just going to be if she's getting rescued by those two. I think she might rather stay at the resort than be with those two. I'm just kidding, but it'll be cool. It'll be cool. (laughs) Another great episode. I'm glad to be back on the pod. Full steam ahead for episode four. Yeah, I, in the beginning, I didn't say who was on the episode. I fall into that habit sometimes. So just, for, you know, f- you know, because I didn't, we've got Luke, we've got Dave, we've got Brian, and we missed him on episode two, but we were happy to have Kyle. Uh, but that's the episode. Again, if you like what you heard and you're listening on Buzztown TV, go check out Binchtown TV. It's our main feed. Again, we just covered recently, we covered The Last of Us. We covered Shadow and Bone. We, co- we cover every HBO show, basically. All the sci-fi shows you can think of. We love it. But currently, we've got The Mandalorian, which Brian and Dave are absolutely crushing with Paul. And then uh, we've got Succession with me, Kyle, and Alex, which we're having such a fucking fun time doing. If you're not watching Succession, go catch up. It's the best. Uh, But those have their own feeds as well. Succession at least does. It's just Succession, the Bingetown TV podcast. Uh, But yeah, go hit subscribe on all of them. We're having a blast doing it. And we love any sort of feedback that you guys have for us. So hit us up on Twitter at Binchtown TV or Instagram at Binchtown TV. You can email us at Binchtown TV at gmail.com. We love any theories. We love any feedback. So hit us up and we will get back to you. Uh, But that's the episode. So we are Binchtown TV. And thanks for listening. Buzz, 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 buzz. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.